Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA Finals. Game one is complete with the Phoenix Suns beating the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more NBA talk. We're also going to talk about the MLB All-Stars being revealed. We're also going to talk about the Rachel Nichols story as well. And we also talk about the Olympic Committee and Shikari Richardson and Soul Cap. So we're going to talk about it all. My guest host, Nice and Smooth, join me on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. We got a lot to get into it, so we're going to get right into it. I got my co-host nice and smooth with me. So what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? Hot outside, but it's cool where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's cool here, but uh, brother had a long holiday weekend. Uh and I'm ready to just get into it. Let's talk sports, man. Yeah, you're not alone. Um, we definitely have a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. Uh, of course, we can talk about game one of the NBA finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns with Phoenix taking game one. Um, marvelous performance by CP3. Um, but let me get your thoughts on game one and just the overall sense of the fact that we, to be honest, let's talk about the fact that the Suns and the Bucks are in there. There's no Kobe. There's no LeBron. There's no Steph Curry. You know, we have a fresh new NBA Finals with a plethora of new faces um, to make it into the NBA Finals. So let's get your thoughts on that um, in regards to game one between the Suns and the Bucks. You going? Oh. Yeah, 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 I can go. Um, I unfortunately was uh, on the road while the game was going on, but I was listening to the game, at least the first half. And uh, the announcers seemed to be pretty <laughs> amazed that Giannis was out there playing as, as well as he was playing, uh, considering his injury and how quickly he came back. Didn't show any signs of discomfort with the knee they said there were signs of rust obviously um but i kind of figured the game would go the way it went because milwaukee doesn't seem to play up to up to their ability or anything unless they get their backs against the wall so i think they'll come out in game two and play a bit better and giannis will have a little bit more wind and have a little bit more uh, energy underneath his belt, considering he would have played game one. But it, it turned out to what I expected. Uh, Chris Paul led the way, Booker and uh, DeAndre Ayton. And it was the, the usual usual suspects from Milwaukee, uh, Middleton, Giannis, and I guess it was Drew Holiday. I don't know what he finished with, finished with but, but from the parts that I listened to, he wasn't playing all that great. So... Drew got to sit there and I don't know what it is. I, I guess with Drew, he has to feel some pressure or he has to feel like their Milwaukee's backs up against the wall. Maybe Milwaukee as a whole have to feel like their backs against the wall in order for them to play well. Uh, I still think with a healthy or with Giannis the way he is, if he's healthy or 
healthy enough to get through this series, they have a good shot as any. But I would be I would love to see Phoenix get it. I would love to see Chris Paul get his ring. But I think I think the series will go seven. And I'm not gonna call who I think is gonna win, but I just think the series is going to seven. I think Milwaukee is gonna step their game up next game and show a little bit more fight. Uh yeah, you know, I, I agree with Ace. I mean, it's you know, Milwaukee has definitely still has a shot in this. We've seen him come back, you know, you know, drop the first game or dropped even the first two games in these um playoffs and still come back and win series. Um but to go back to your first point, yes, it's very refreshing <laughs> to see um um two teams um that are not um either Golden State or a LeBron James led team within the last, I believe, nine or 10 years, 10 years, you know, that are playing in the finals. So it's refreshing to see, um, you know, big ups to the small market teams, um, if you want to call it, call them small market, but big up to the small market teams. Adam Silver must be thrilled. I mean, if you couldn't get, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers and and then the Brooklyn Nets, who everyone wanted to see in the finals, or at least the Brooklyn Nets, some variation of Lakers or Clippers, this is just as good. I mean, storylines, Chris Paul in his first finals, will he get the chip? You know, Giannis, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, you know, haven't won a chip since, you know, Kareem was, you know, Luau Sender. <laughs> so, um, and it was good to see fresh blood in there, young, young, young talent uh, with Devin Booker, Giannis, um, DeAndre Ayton, who's been having a hellacious playoff run. Um, but it's good. Um, first game wasn't surprised. I mean, it wasn't, it was actually pretty close to first half. It wasn't really into that third quarter that Chris Paul caught fire and, um, he's basically taking on whatever the, the defense gave him. It was, um, it was killing him with the pick and roll and decided to play off. And then he was shooting Jays over, um, Brooke Lopez and shooting Jays over, um, Drew Holiday. And I mean, they've been let, like this Chris Paul looked like Chris Paul he did back in the New Orleans at the beginning of his LA Clipper days I mean so he's looking good he's playing good um this one's gonna be a tough role because unless someone gets hurt this is gonna be a tough task for the Milwaukee even with a if we go with say a 70 80 percent um Giannis and I'll probably go anywhere between 70 and 80 percent healthy but um I'm hoping this goes seven I would love to see go seven series. I don't want to see a sweep or the quote unquote gentleman sweep. Um, but it's never a series until someone wins on their home court. And right now, um, Phoenix did what they want to. I was a little shocked that Giannis played. I thought he might not play until maybe game two or game three. Um, maybe to give him an extra day of rest um, on that knee. But, you know, hats off to him. He came in, you know, he played some good minutes. You know, he had 20 points, you know. I agree with you, Ace. They're probably going to be a lot better come next game. Um, but if the Milwaukee Bucks want to have any chance of really being in a series and playing well, they're going to need people like Drew, I mean, um, Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez to have some good games because if no one on a Phoenix Suns gets hurt, that's going to be a tough order. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who really didn't shoot all that well, and the whole team shot bad from the three, and they still won. Um, by 13 and at one point leading by 20. So 
um, you know, you know, Budenholzer and a Buck Scott that were cut out for him um, because this is a good squad. And in the regular season, they beat him two games um, that they only played. So out of three games, it's the high pick and roll that, you know, that the Phoenix Sun has that's given the Bucks fits right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I thought that overall that this, I thought that this is, you can never tell with Milwaukee. Um, bottom line is that it's always a roller coaster with them. Night and day, um, they'll learn their lesson from this game. And I think they will come out with more energy. To be honest, though, I don't think that it's going to be enough for them in game two. I think Phoenix right now is riding the hot hand. And they're very consistent. Um, the Bucks has been too co- inconsistent as of late. Um, but um, somebody on the radio made a, a great point about this. Um, I think that those Bucks are in a position where they need to adapt. And I'm not going to say it's on the players. I think it's more of the coaching staff. Um, more so the fact that um, these the past two games with the Bucks. When Giannis was out, you could tell that the Bucs were a lot better as a team overall. Um, it seems though the offense flowed a lot better with Drew Holiday being the main focus of that squad. And truth be told, they actually played more like an actual championship team led by Drew Holiday. Um, but when Giannis came back in game one, it seems the lady revert right back to the offense flowing around Giannis, which in terms it should have been the other way around where you incorporated Giannis into the last two games, the game plan that they had going that they had success in. So um, I think that they're going to make the adjustments. I just don't know if it's going to be the right adjustments come game two. I think that to be honest, Milwaukee won't probably turn the series around until they go back home. So um, I think that Phoenix right now is too consistently consistent with their offense um, which in turn makes them a very dangerous squad. Um, I really, at first I thought that the Bucks was going to be able to figure it out, but I don't trust the coaching staff right now. I think it'll go seven. Uh, to be honest, I think it'll go six at the most. Um, I think that Phoenix will find a way to figure it out because I think Monty Williams will make the adjustments during that game as a whole. I agree. Uh, Wootenheiser or Wootenhoser, whatever the hell it pronounces the goddamn name. He, uh, it seems like he makes his adjustments after the game, going to the next game versus trying to make adjustments during the game. And one of the things I remember hearing with Doris Burke and, and people's on the radio, they kept saying with that high pick and roll, you know, that the defenders need to roll off or play under to kind of get back on, on, on the on-ball dribbler because Phoenix was having their way with the bigs. And it seemed like that was the case all night. And if it takes announcers to sit there and realize that, why does it take your coaching staff so long to realize that? I, I you know, said Doris Burke should be on, a, on, a, on, a, on somebody's team as an assistant coach. She, man, she's smart. She is smart. <laughs> I digress. Continue. Yeah. So I mean, and that's just me listening. And they're just like, yes. And 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 like I said, I think I only listened up to the uh, up to the first half and then signal got kind of crazy. And I didn't feel like dealing with satellite to find uh, the radio station, but um 
it just seems like Budenheiser and 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 like you said, uh, Monty Williams might sit there and say, "Okay, he's going to come there and try to prevent this from happening." So why don't we go ahead and do this? So unless Budenheiser and, and team or the team of coaches sit there and start to become proactive instead of reactive, as much as I would love to see the se- uh, this series go seven, it can easily go five if Monty Williams stays one step ahead of the coaching staff in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, and if I'm if I'm the Bucks, you know, I'm not that discouraged about Game One. I mean, like I said, this has been their mo. Unfortunately, you know, in this playoff run, um, but Budahosa has learned how to make adjustments. Um, the one thing I will say was I didn't realize, and they were talking about it earlier, that the free throw disparity was very very skewed in favor of Milwaukee. I think. Um, I mean, excuse me, in favor of the Suns. I think um, the Suns had like 26 or 27. Um, free throws to maybe 15 of to the Bucks. Um, so that's a lot there, but I'm pretty sure that Budenholz is going to be on the um, <laughs> the officials come next game. But I will say this: um, yeah, when I watched the last two games of the Bucks um, against the Hawks, what you saw was a much more fast-paced game, um, and the ball moved around a lot better. Um, this one it wasn't so much, and yeah, when you get Giannis in there, he slows it down because he gets to the top of the key. He either dribbles, 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 steps up, steps back, steps up, then goes to the hole or just tries to kick out. And everyone just kind of stands around. When the last two games, it was much more free-flowing, up and down. And Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were able to just kind of, you know, get their shots wherever they want. So, I mean, I think they're going to need to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Um, but who knows? I mean, you... With the Bucks, you never know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that that's something that's going to need to be adjusted. Um, and you're right, with the Bucks, you never know. Um, I'm very curious to see how this continues on. But um, I, I will say this as a side note. Um, I am loving the Phoenix fans. <laughs> I think the Phoenix fans is the hell. They are on point. Um, especially when Giannis goes to the free throw line. I mean, that is so on point because now everybody is going to start doing that. With uh, they were uh, they were doing that in Atlanta the last. Oh, I, so it started in Atlanta. My fault. My fault. Yeah. Um, but that is like that is the best comeback for somebody at the free throw line. Um, it, it's, it's, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving the energy. That's what it is. I'm loving the fans' energy, no matter what, because. It makes it more exciting, that much more exciting. Yeah, and it's nice to see that fan energy in the stadiums because last year, I mean, you know, not for nothing. I mean, watching the watching the playoffs in the finals in a bubble was good, but it felt like you was at a gym. <laughs> True. Watching, you know, w- w- watching guys going up to court, just, you know, teams playing against teams. It didn't, it didn't have that NBA feel. It just was like watching summer league with nobody in the stadium <laughs> yeah yeah no but i i think that this is going to be a, a this is going to be something interesting um as far as the excitement the fans i don't think there's going to be setting records as far as people watching it but i do believe that uh, outside of milwaukee and phoenix i do believe that it's still going to garner enough interest for it to be a very successful finals no matter who wins 
I mean, if you love basketball, you're going to watch. Yeah. And I love the fact that it's just somebody new, you know, get to see some showcase, some young talent, talent that you won't necessarily see on a regular basis. And it just goes to show that the league is more than just the KD, uh, LeBron, uh, James Harden, uh, Steph Curry, I believe. Like, yes, that's who we want to see. But there's more players and there's more there's more athletes in the league than just those, and they're just going to show and showcase their talents in these uh in these in these finals. True that. True that. Yeah, and and then you know, you know, and, and big ups to Chris Paul. You know, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that he'll get a chance to break through and, and get that chip. You know, I've been hearing a lot of talk whether you know he's the greatest you know leader or will he be one of the greatest point guards. I'm not willing to put either or, you know, put them at the top of either or list, you know, chip or no chip, but it does, you know, strengthen his case as far as being at least one of the top, maybe five or seven point guards, but I'll never put him above some of the other ones that have been up there, you know, as it is. He hasn't done enough for me in that respect. But he's always had stars, I guess, around him. Not to say that the, the Isaiahs, the Walt Frazier's, the other point guards that were around it. Isaiah had Joe Dumars and some other people. It was Isaiah was the man. Um, when you look at Chris Paul, Chris Paul is finally the man, but Booker could turn around and be that dude in the damn finals and it would bury Chris Paul and nobody would think anything other. But when you think of when he was with the, uh, the Clippers, it was all about uh, uh, the, the other two. I forget their names at the moment. Uh, Lake and um, DeAndre. Yeah, it was about them because it was all about Lob City. You know, it was all about him throwing up the lobs and them doing what they do. But Chris Paul was just kind of the afterthought. Then when he went to Houston, it was James Harden's team, and he was just kind of the afterthought. He was only mentioned when he got hurt. <laughs> You know, so I'm not saying he's not, he shouldn't be regarded as one of the greats because if when he's finally had the opportunity to lead a team, he's shown to be that leader. He just so happens to have some very good young talent that can outshine him on any particular night. But you take Chris Paul off of Phoenix, Phoenix ain't going to the, uh, going to the finals. Finals, probably not. They're still a playoff team with, without them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Well, who's running the point for them? You could put Cameron Payne, and, and he he did quite well um, when Chris Paul was out, and I think that's somebody that they definitely need to invest a lot more time in. Uh, well, I, I will say this. I don't think Cameron Payne would get to where he at right now without Chris Paul. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just – I'm not saying he's Chris Paul. I'm saying that, you know, they're still a playoff team, and I think that you take Chris Paul off and you have Cameron Payne running the point. I think he's still, a, you know, a pretty good player. But Chris Paul, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, I get you. I think Cameron Payne would get them into the playoffs. Chris Paul will get them to the finals. That's – I mean – that's that's the bottom line. CB3 would carry them. And I agree with you, Smooth. I think he's up there. If he gets the if he gets the chip, I would think that he's at least top seven. Easy. Easy. Who's, your, who's the top six of, uh, ahead of him? Top six ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um 
I would go with probably, well, it all depends right now if he gets the chip. Right now, the only person, the only few people I see would be, you can make a case for Jason Kidd. You can make a case for Jerry West. You can make a case for um, Oscar Robertson, um, Steph Curry, Magic Johnson. You know, you can make a case for all those players who have won chips. So if he was able to win a chip, um, you have to put him up there in that elite um, perspective. I mean, of course, you still got John Stockton, um, Russell Westbrook, um, some of these other known point guards is out there, Isaiah Thomas as well. Um, my point, I would, I, I, to be honest, I don't know where I would rank them. I'm just saying there's a lot, there is a plethora of guards out there. But if CP3 was to win a chip, then you would have to escalate him more above than some of the others because he will have a chip. And to be honest, this is much more impressive than perhaps some of the other people that won chips because he took a team that was technically not in the playoffs, but was in a bubble and brought them to the NBA finals on a version of winning an NBA championship. So for him to do that, and what's crazy about it is, is that he was written off in Houston. He was written off in the Clippers. He was written off in OKC. Could you imagine if he would have stayed in OKC, how much they would have been or what position they would be in if they would have kept CP3? So I know a lot of these teams are kicking themselves right now for not investing more in CP3 and less than all the other players. So we'll see how this goes, because if they win, you know, I'm pretty sure Steve Palmer and the Clippers is kicking themselves right now for not (laughs) keeping them. I'm pretty sure that OKC is like thinking to themselves, wow. All we got from this is Shea Gilgis Alexandra, who is a great player, but he is no CP3. So all these teams that could have built around CP3 didn't have the opportunity, and yet he goes to Phoenix and turns them into a quote-unquote on the verge of an NBA championship or an NBA finals team. Well, Phoenix so, does have better talent than OKC. I'm, I'm True, but they're not – I mean, that may be true, but if you had CP3 there, you'll at least be in the playoffs. You'll be much better off than where you are right now. OKC is not even slipping the playoffs right now. They just um, let go of – I mean, they just traded away Al Horford. Didn't even play him for the rest of the season. <laughs> so, like, you have – like, CP3 makes your team better. So, the question is, why not give – you know, why not invest around CP3? At least because he could have taught the team how to be better. Because because with CP3, there's the good and there's the bad. I mean, you get that floor general and that person, you know, on the court. But, you know, all the reports is he's not the most easiest person to play with. That is and true. <laughs> in, all of his, in all of his stints, whether it was New Orleans, whether it was, you know, Clippers or even Houston, you know, he's he's has his personality and the way that he plays and the way that he sometimes leads has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But I think this group, he has a lot of young cats there that have responded well to him. And maybe the way that he's approached leadership and leading teams is different because now he's um, maybe being a little bit more kinder, gentler, but the way DeAndre Ayton, the way, you know, Devin Booker have responded to him because we saw him in a, in a bubble, you saw they had something there. But it was a piece missing. Chris Paul appears to be that piece, and look where they're at right now. So, but I agree with you. He, if he if he gets the chip, this it's not going to vault them to the top top of the list, but it'll probably, in my opinion, probably put them at least within the top five, maybe the bottom half of that five. In, in, in my opinion, I agree. 
And even DeAndre Ayton said it. He was like, yo, CP3 is my my big brother. Like anything that he's teaching me, I'm learning without, you know, with open arms. There's no discussion about it. He's teaching me how to be a better player. And truth be told, look at DeAndre Ayton now. He is much of a better player where he is helping his team in the finals. So, I, I mean, it's all about being able to be humble to listen to CP3. There may have been times with superstars it's like, I'm not listening to you when I could do better, you know, this, this, and this. It may not have been the right fit, but obviously this is the right fit, especially with Monty Williams as the head coach, the same coach that had him in New Orleans. So you have to understand, like, this was a perfect fit all, all around for CP3. And now they're benefiting the rewards. I think, I think uh, like you said, maybe it's a scenario where his age and his wisdom is better suited for young budding stars versus trying to put together a big three and have him play with some more established players because it just doesn't mesh. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, that's what's making this even more interesting because he's doing it without a big three. And to be honest, this is the biggest test for um, the Phoenix Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks because Milwaukee does have a quote-unquote big three in Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton. So if you can't tell me that Phoenix don't have a big three with CP3, Booker, and eight. Well, to be honest, yes, but they weren't established. Well, let's be honest. DeAndre Ayton wasn't really an established three yet until this year, to this season. Mm-hmm. So you had CP3, you had Devin Booker. You, now you're bringing in DeAndre Ayton. This wasn't established where DeAndre Ayton is not getting a big contract. You, um, Drew Holiday got a big contract. Giannis got the Supermax contract. You know Chris Milton has a big contract. So there was an established big three that proven that they had that success. With Phoenix, CP3 had that success. Devin Booker was a superstar, had that success. But nobody didn't know about DeAndre Ayton being the way he is now. So you bring that in, you know, bring that aspect in. He brought that level up so that Phoenix now does have their own big three. He about to get paid. Without question. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the one thing I've always said, even, you know, in the beginning of this finals, I was like, you know, for the Phoenix Suns, I mean, Chris Paul and everybody, you know, there's a book are going to get theirs, you know, whenever whenever they want to. But DeAndre Ayton is the, is the X factor because up until now, Brooke Lopez is a different animal, but prior to the rest of the series, nobody had an answer for him even even um anthony davis to a certain degree because anthony davis don't like to bang down low he likes to play out in the you know in the perimeter but he has definitely been the one that no one has really had a even the clippers had no answer for him he basically got whatever shot that he wanted someone that can play down low and still has a nice soft touch in the mid-range you get a big like that and i was mad that they weren't going to him enough last night um but um, it's the marriages. It has worked well, and everything is is came is coming together quite well for them. And you know, I hope for Milwaukee's sake, you know, Giannis can play better, and Chris Middleton drives me nuts because he's so goddamn streaky. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to give to him from one game to the next. Same with Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Drew Holiday mm-hmm. had like ten, nine, and seven. Right, but at least you know with Giannis, you're gonna get you're gonna get at least a double double every night. And I'm not talking about 10 and 10, I'm talking about at least 20 and 10, 20 and 15, if not more. Yeah, but I mean the the, the thing about it is, is that I think that I think 
like I said, it, to be honest, it, it all goes back to to the offense coaching Milwaukee. Um, they definitely have to make some changes where it's more balanced. Um, of course, um, Drew Holiday had a poor shooting night, so that's not. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be. It's not going to happen twice in a row. So I look for Drew Holiday to be a lot more aggressive, especially in the paint. And I think they should build off of that. And we'll see on tomorrow whether or not that, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks can come back towards that. But overall, still a good game, good finals. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the, the series. Um, but let's jump off of the NBA because um, we'll definitely probably be talking. Huh? We're not going to touch on the Rachel Nichols, Maria, whatever the hell the last name is subject. I mean, I mean. <laughs> but I mean, what makes this fascinating is, is that it's women. It's one, uh, thing, it's one thing that it's a race thing. You know, she kind of kind of went there. I'm not even trying to pull that. I'm not even trying to put that in there. It's, it's kind of interesting how ESPN is handling this, considering it's two women. Now, if this were two men, one or both would be already fired. But because it's two women, Rachel still keeps to keep her show on the jump, and Maria still keeps her uh, pregame show for the finals. But neither one are doing the damn NBA finals. And neither one are? That, no. And I find that to be very interesting how oh. they're handling this. And they're kind of just like, well, we'll just keep them where they are and try to hush and try to keep everything quiet so we can just move on. I know. Touchy subject. Well, it's not even touchy. I think I, I credit ESPN and NBA for doing a good job of keeping this thing off the front page because this is not leading anything. I mean, when I was watching SportsCenter today, at least from my perspective, the damn sure wasn't talking about that now, but it is interesting. Um, boy, they weren't talking about it a lot to where it's dominating the news cycle, per se, from what I saw. But, yeah, I had to go to T um, TMZ and listen to the report. First thing, who did Rachel Nichols piss off for them to leak that tape out like that? Somebody always has a tape of someone talking sideways that gets leaked out. Second, I heard what she said. Now, it wasn't the first part that was the head shaker. It was the second part that was the head shaker. Um, because when I was listening to the comments of what she was making, To my opinion, the first part wasn't bad, but I think I, I kind of get what she was trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as how they were trying to address um, the lack of diversity, you know, with reporters for, you know, you know, minorities and women per se, if she would have kept it right there, where the comments stop right there, I don't think it's would have been bad at all. But as what she said after that, when she was talking about you know Maria and that if you if you want to give her some more work or more gigs, yeah, but don't let it come out my expense. Well, I mean, she looking at it from the standpoint like I've been doing this for years and I'm here and I'm a woman. <laughs> Whereas Maria, she's only been on the network for at least out. Don't quote me. I do not know. But at least from my viewing, when she started with uh, College Football Saturdays, it was doing College Football Saturdays and kind of elevated herself to where she is now. So I would say within a four, three to five year period, 
Rachel Nichols has been at the episode, uh, been at the uh, ESPN now for years doing NBA with Doris Burke and some of the other ladies that been that's been covering NBA. So I get her gripe. It just looked real bad that she's a white woman versus a black woman. But I didn't want to look, I'm not looking at it from a race perspective. This is just straight up two women and each one of them is trying to fight to be that top dog at ESPN, which is not a bad thing. Cause I hear from, I understand Maria is trying to get Stephen A. Smith money. And that's the reason why she may not be coming back to ESPN. And obviously Rachel, you know, she's not disclosing what her finances are, but she's like, dude, I've been here. Why the hell, why are you passing me up? But I, but I understand the diversity thing, but she could be doing the diversity thing in college football or she could be doing a diversity thing over here. She doesn't necessarily have to come in my turf when I put in blood, sweat, and tears and be doing everything that I've been doing for years. And now I'm about to be passed up just because, all right, look, the elephant in the room, because she's black. And it's, it's, it's a jacked up thing to say. It's, it's a jacked up scenario. And I get, and I feel her pain with that. I just feel it's real messed up that somebody recorded it and then leaked it. That's, <laughs> all right, that's well, the shitty part of it. <laughs> all right, well, first things first. The person that recorded it was um, Kayla Johnson, okay? Um, Kayla Johnson was the one that, um, she's a digital uh, video producer um, at ESPN. Hold on, but, she, hold on, is she black? Yes, and her and Maria Teller are friends. So when when she when Rachel said what I whatever she when she said what she said, of course, um, she took um, she went to ESPN Human Resources, and then um, sent the and that and she told them that she sent the video to Maria Teller, which in turn got leaked. So um, Kayla Black, I mean Kayla Johnson, um, was suspended for two weeks without pay, and she was given less. Um, desirable tasks to work on, so you factor that into the to, to the mix. Um, but um, I guess she overheard the conversation, recorded, or was talking and, and got the recording, and then um, went and gave it to Maria Teller because they're the best, you know, real close. Hmm. And they thought that they could parlay that shit to say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this to do X, Y, Z, and get you where you want to be, money wise." Blah 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 blah. Whereas. It's hurting her in a sense where she might be leaving ESPN and she's an unbelievable talent. Because I like Maria in her roles, what she does with the NBA, what she does with college football and all those sorts of things. So I think it's really, I think it's, I think it's messed up as a whole. I think what's really messed up is the fact that it's, it, it, it centers around women and not messed up in the sense that it shouldn't be like that, but it's just messed up that you always hear with African-Americans where, especially those who make it, where it's always that crab in a barrel type of mentality. And now you're kind of seeing it with women in this industry trying to be that crab in the barrel because one is not trying to make the other, you know, it's all about, I'm trying to get to this point and I'm not trying to see you get there. So I'll do whatever it is I need to do to make sure you don't get to where you need to be. And it's just really, really kind of sad where they all could have ate and been eating really well they stayed in their perspective lanes, but you know, my, I mean, I, I get what you're coming from. Um, but the thing about it is, is that from what everybody's been saying now that this is out, this is nothing new at ESPN. Um, which I think that if that is true, then it's a shame. 
um, as far as the where it stands, not just from women, but from a diversity standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, so if that is the case, you know, and a lot of people have been saying that this is nothing new, um, which is really eye opening um, to an extent, I should say. But let's think about it. Like with everything that happened, not just with Maria Taylor, the things that happened with like Stephen A. Smith, um, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, all those people that have been there, um, you know, they know exactly what goes on at ESPN. Like we're just basically getting the tip of the iceberg based off of all this that's going on. Now, how they're handling it, you know, I'm not even going, Malika Andrews right now is good for the NBA finals. Um, she's, she's good at what she does. So I think that giving somebody else another opportunity, uh, it's not your band-aid, but it helps because it gives them that person another opportunity. But truth be told, at the end of the day, I don't see anything good coming from this going forward, uh, especially what happened with, you know, Maria Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, I would not be surprised if she does leave um, because there's so many other opportunities out there. Now, whether or not she does is what's really going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and that's uh, you uh, you complain about uh, a diversity hire, someone, a woman of color getting a job, and then another woman of color <laughs> gets the job. So it's like... <laughs> And then she might shine in this role and then it'd be like, you know what? Boom, you got it. Next season, that's you. Yeah, we can go with someone <laughs> a little bit cheaper that comes with a little less baggage. Um, but like I said, I didn't know about this, Alan, until you till you mentioned it, you know, mentioned it before. And even looking at it, they've been very careful not to talk about this particular situation enough. I mean, um But you know why though? Well, ESPN doesn't well, in the end. Not even that. This is the whole Me Too movement. Well, yeah, they no yeah. one wants to do anything to exacerbate the situation. So, exactly. so they took the you have three choices: A, B, or C. They took C. They said, "Okay, you know what? We neither one of you is going to be on there. We're just going to just not look like we're playing favorites. Not like we're trying to diss Marie and going back to Rachel's. Look like we're not beating into what Rachel was saying by hiring. We we're just going to just." Give us a third option. We took a third option, and both of you guys go in your separate corners, and let's hope the temperature cools down, and everybody can go back to playing, you know, playing happily together again. Which it may not happen because, like you said, Maria, you know, Taylor is, I guess, allegedly looking for some Stephen A. Smith money. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's going to get that kind of money uh, from ESPN. She can go to FS1. I don't know if she's gonna get that money from FS1. Um, so um <laughs> they don't have the content. And truth be told, I she's not at that level where everybody knows her yet. Like she's like only person, I mean, let's let's be honest. Stephen A. Smith is in the league by himself. There's nobody else in that tier of Stephen A. Smith at the moment. Stephen A. Smith can command money and we and know that he can get that money. Nobody else is not on that level yet. Not saying, I mean, they, they won't be, but they're not on that level yet. They don't have their own show. The only person that, I mean, honest, the only. Say still, yeah. maybe. Huh? Say still, maybe. No. You're I'm talking not, about, you're talking about um, commentators of color or just commentators? Yeah, comment, no, I'm talking about commentators of color in general. Um, okay. Well, well, the only reason I say say still is because she does sports center and now she has. Roy, Roy Firestone used to do a show back in the day 
And now she has her own show on ESPN Plus where she's doing those type of shows that Roy Firestone used to do. No, no, but I'm talking about that's ESPN Plus. What I'm saying is, is that it's not even shown nationally like what Stephen A has. That's where I'm coming from. Like Stephen A has multiple outcomes. He has his own show. He has first take. He has... Like he's building that it's that tier. That's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying say seal is not, won't get there, but she's not there yet to the point where she has multiple shows and off of ESPN alone. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm coming from. Um, And I'm not, and if stay still is not there, Maria Taylor is sure is not at that level yet. So you have to get to that point where you are commanded a presence. Like people want you. People want you on all facets. Like people want you make sure that you are on first take. People want to make sure that you're on every um possible show on ESPN. There's, I mean, and I, I keep referring back to Stephen A. But he gets called on Sports Center. He gets called on Get Up. He gets called on First Take. He does First Take. He gets called up on all the NBA stuff that's going on. He gets called up on everything else outside of his show. So mm-hmm. like he's doing big things. They're trying to get to Stephen A's level, but they don't have the shows to be on Stephen A's level yet. They haven't proven themselves yet. And I think that until you get to the point where you're proving yourself, and I'm not saying proving yourself from yourself. I'm talking about from a fan's perspective, because truth be told, a lot of fans don't really know Maria Teller like that until this came out. So, yeah, I think I think the only person uh, equivalent out to that to that um, example that you have, and then there's always going to be the money between men and women, um, was a carry champion. She yes. wasn't going to get the $8 million, but she was on Stephen A's level and even above Stephen A before Stephen A actually got to that level. Yes. And we can even go as far as back as even Stuart Scott, who was yes. above both of them. Yes. Um, yes. So Stuart Scott is definitely the best. Yes. Definitely. And um, you saw what happened to Carrie Champion. I mean, they were having some heavy negotiations. It went left. She bounced. Where is she at nowadays? She has her own stuff going on that's not associated with ESPN or FS1, but she does a lot of her own stuff, podcasts and other shows. So mm-hmm. she's branched out. But to your point, uh, yeah, there's not anybody at that plateau of color, in my opinion, at ESPN. Only person that's at that plateau not of color would probably be Mike Greenberg. Yes. Or or Van Pelt. Hmm. Nah. Yeah, I, 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 Van I, Pelt I is up there, but I think it's I think it'll be Greenberg. I, I see Greenberg and Stephen A on that on par with each other. At this level, I could definitely see that at the at the level that you're saying that are almost that can be on multiple shows and yeah. you know and drives and drives the business. Um, but you're right; it's moving forward is going to be what's more interesting. How does ESPN, you know, handle this? Because they've done a pretty good job of keeping the focus where it is on NBA Finals. You have you know, baseball, also a game coming up next week, you know, you're going to have football. So there's going to be opportunities to kind of, you know, let this thing die down and not become big. And thankfully nobody's really blacking out too much to make it, you know, to really bring any, you know, smoke to it. Well, you know, interesting, Maria Taylor does the halftime and the post game, I think for, uh, for, uh, 
Monday Night Football on ESPN. She was doing that along with college football, along with NBA pregame. So she was out there. She may not get the calls like Stephen A. Smith to ESPN and different things, but she was definitely becoming that face. I, oh, know yeah. face. I know the face became regular to me from college football game day. Yeah. No, no. She's, I mean, basically she's following that same footsteps that Rachel Nichols did. Yeah. So, I mean, it was getting there. She was growing. And I think that's really what set Rachel off in the way that she said, because mm -hmm. basically it was just, she was right behind her in that position. And then when she jumped over or was given that opportunity, I think that's when she took that to heart. But I agree with you, Smooth. ESPN at this stage is going, they're going to, they, they're looking to push this away, which is why I don't think that Rachel is going to, she's going to still be at the jump. Um, because I, to be honest, I think that that technically, I think they see it as her show. So yeah. I could easily see her staying there, um, doing what they need to do. Um, still bringing in basketball stars to help join her in, you know, in the discussions and all that stuff. So I think that overall, she's not going to go anywhere. I think this is just a cool down period, like you said, smooth until the timing is right. Yeah, and and, and truth be told, from Rachel Nichols, when I heard it, and you know, I didn't get all that bent out of shape because you know, let's call a spade a spade. ESPN, FS1, there's probably a lot of. Men and women of Caucasian persuasion that probably definitely think that when those situations come up, <laughs> probably said that a lot of times in certain situations like that came on certain people got passed for somebody else, probably said about Stephen A. Smith, probably mm -hmm. said about Stuart Scott, probably said about Carrie Champion, um, but they never got caught on tape. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this the sentiment is out there with a lot of folks. I'm I'm just shocked that the, the girl, I forget, you said her name earlier. Um, Kayla Johnson? Yeah, who did it, didn't get her job, didn't get terminated from her job for doing that because in, uh, under normal circumstances, if that was a dude that did some crap like that and it got leaked for one of their top, top persons from ESPN, I'm sure that person probably would have got fired. It may not have made any fanfare, it may not have made major headlines, but I guarantee they wouldn't be at ESPN no more. But yet now it's a woman taping a woman about another woman and it's women of color and Rachel Nichols, I, you know, I'm not, she, she might be white, but I think she might be Italian or some shit like that. Don't quote me, do not quote me. But then if, if Rachel Nichols is considered Italian, then she's probably more so woman of color her damn self. You know, she kind of falls in that realm. So now you just got a bunch of women of color coming in here and it's, it's a big issue and ESPN can't take that type of flack uh, with a whole bunch of women causing and creating a big stir and that's why they all still got their jobs and everybody's just happy an old girl had a two week vacation not being paid because like we don't want the flack that comes behind this and we don't want to lose viewership from our from our female viewers <laughs> but I mean that you know that's what the brass was thinking well, it's too many. It's too many eyes in such you know eyes in the subject right now. And the last thing you want to do is just cut somebody, another female, because all this stuff comes out. Yeah, you give you a two week suspension with no pay, go home, just relax, chill. I'm surprised they gave her no pay, but you know, she gets a two week suspension. They're going to try to sweep it under the rug when it comes back, and it will. <laughs> 
it'd be when it comes time to re, you know, re-up contracts. No, nah, but they, I mean, right now they already given her less desirable tasks to work. So they dropping her down the totem pole to do stuff that she knows she she doesn't want to do. Oh, so they're trying to force her way to make her leave. Exactly. Without well, like I said, fire. when or when the contract negotiations come up, you know they can, you know, they'll be like whatever, and you want to leave anyway. So it's no. We we did our best to try to keep you in a half hearted attempt, but yeah. <laughs> Which makes me wonder what other people are going to do about this because I know a lot of people was in support of Kayla Johnson um, from the jump when this happened um, because a lot of people felt as though that, you know, they should, the ESPN was that wrong for doing what they did with her. But would she have done it if it was the other way around? That's the question. That's the question. If, if, if Maria was the one talking about Rachel, with her girl, her home girl being the one that heard all this, she probably was like, girl, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and, and it would have been just whatever. So, you know, it's called a spade a spade, you know, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we know how it went down. And I'm sure I might catch some flack from this, but hell, you know, it, is, it just is what it is. You say, girl. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we could talk more about this because I have a feeling that there's going to be more news to talk about this um, down the road. But let's continue on, talk a little bit about the MLB. The MLB All Stars has been announced um, for both the American and National um, League. So let me get your thoughts on. Number one, do you think that the people got it right as far as the MLB All-Stars? Um, or do you think that some people got snubbed off, off of the All-Star roster? I mean, it's always going to be, you know, you know, people snubs and 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 um, people, people believe that they got the picks right and people that believe they got the picks wrong. I think what they're trying to um, put their, you know, energy in is Otani being the first uh, two-way player in the All-Star game. Um, I think, you know, he has what he has to, um, he's leading the league in home runs right about now. Um, and um, his um, ERA is not the best in the league, but it's, you know, pretty, you know, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So they want to, they want to do that. I mean, the bigger question is going to be, um, he's going to be in a home run derby. Is he going to win that? And B, when the All-Star game starts, because he's going to he's going to DH, um, is he going to pitch the first inning or the second inning and allow him, you know, or do you, you wait? I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to – I think that's going to be the man of this All-Star series, and that's who they – the league looks like they're trying to push. <laughs> I mean, you already got – um. The Mets Alonzo defending his title from last year. Uh, I mean, defending his title was last year, but defending his title. Um, Tani, um, but the regular regular cast of characters. Interesting how they still talk about pitching and with the sticky tack. <laughs> mm-hmm, pitching big. has has seemed to go down a tad bit because there's you know a little less you know sticky tack. Will someone even be? called by the managers to have the umpires look at them they think they're doing something in the all-star game i doubt that highly because that'd be on <laughs> you'd be on national tv doing that but um for me i guess you know it's always going to be snubbed there's always going to be people who believe they got the right person and um you know it's just about who, who you really want to see 
Well, I know I'm I'm pleased that. Well, first of all, I'm pissed that the Yankees are sucking ass. Uh, so let me just put that out there. Uh, two, but I am pleased, I guess, living in the Baltimore, Maryland area that I got to listen to a lot of Baltimore BS and I hate Baltimore with a passion, but I love to see that Cedric Mullins, center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles, got selected by the players. He didn't get selected by the fans, but he got selected by the players to make the All-Star and he's having a hell of a season considering when he tried to come up two years ago and he was this god awful in 2019. He came up he came up in 2018 when uh, when um, he said he sh- he shared some time with some uh, with the current uh, I forget his name uh, the center fielder and he ended up leaving and they thought that Cedric Mullins would be the center fielder of the future and he came up in 2019 and was just straight trash and then they shipped him to Triple A and he went all the way down to Double A. And he fought his way back. Now he's having the season that he's having in 2021. So I'm pleased to see that he made it. Um, and it's good to see that players recognize players that are actually doing well. They don't feed into the hype of a name. Um, just because, you know, this, this, uh, this the John Carlos and the, the judges and the all the big names that are the Yankees, the Coles, the Chapmans, but y'all are all playing shitty. So why do you guys deserve to be on a damn All-Star? Let's pick somebody <laughs> next, next man to come in and, and, and put in some work. So I, I will say I'm happy about that, but I will say that I haven't really been following baseball too tough because when the Yankees don't play well, I tend to not focus. I kind of just rely on Bleacher Report to show me what I need to see. Um, I'm going to be honest I'm going to take a page and I'm going to give Shad a little bit of a shout out Um, I thought that um, only person I thought out of all that that I've been paying a little bit more attention to um, was Edwin Diaz from the Mets Um, I feel as though that he um, definitely got snubbed Um, he's been doing good as a closer for a while um, for the Mets and their playoff team um, because of him so out of all that, I, I really haven't, like you said, I really haven't been paying that much attention, but the times I have been paying attention, um, especially it was for the Mets games, um, I have been watching. Um, and I thought that he definitely should have been added to the roster. But outside of all that, I agree with you. I think that the players at this, I think the way the all-star um, roster for the MLB is, it works um, in a way. Um, it's it's definitely a lot better than like the NBA um, with some of the things that they do as far as making selections and all um, all-star roster. But I think that MLB is a little bit better as far as getting the players right. Um, sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't, but I think it's a little bit more consistent in MLB than it is in the NBA or um, at this stage. Uh, so I think overall, you know, MLB is doing what they needs to be done. I agree with you that they're showcasing um, boy from um, the Dodgers. Um, so I think that overall, this is going to be an interesting MLB weekend. I mean, well, MLB game, um, because I'm very interested to see exactly how this goes in regards to the game itself. Um, if it's going to be enough, uh, to be honest, I don't know if a lot of people are still going to be watching it or be tightly watching the game as much. Um, but 
overall, I think that MLB got it right. And I think that they, they're really progressing nicely with what they're doing. Yeah, but like I said, it's gonna be the um, it's gonna be the um, Ohani show. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, anything else in MLB before we move on? <sighs> Sorry if it comes to that, man. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> on college football. We only fifty days away. Come on. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Um, also, let's talk a little bit about the Olympics. Um, Shakari Richardson, of course. Um, they didn't. I mean, we all know the story about Shakari Richardson. Um, at this point, she did not make it to the four by one hundred relay as the Olympic committee did not select her to be a part of the four by one hundred relay, which means that she is out of the actual Tokyo Olympics. Um, let me get your thoughts on that because there's been a lot of, um, I guess not rules, but a lot of, I guess you could say rules because there's certain things that's being now, um, what's the word I'm looking There's decisions being made, um, where of course we now know, of course, that marijuana, we know that marijuana is banned and all that stuff. So that's the reason by Shakari Richardson, but there was also announcement made that certain, um, um, swim headgear um is banned um so to speak so like people with natural hair like afros and stuff like that i um, won't be able to wear certain um um what's the word i'm looking for the headpiece for the swimming um swim cap swim cap thank you um swim caps um so they gotta um right now there's a lot of changes that's being made to the rules of the Olympic committee. I mean, from the Olympics. Um, so let me get your thoughts on that because it almost seems as though that is being targeted to one particular ethnicity. Um, but I definitely want to get your thoughts on how this is playing out because a lot of people are not too happy with the Olympic committee um, about how they're doing things or what their, what rules are they putting out there and what are their, it's always innuendos and behind the scenes. So let me get your thoughts about the Olympics as a whole. Well, I mean, I, I personally haven't been following it too tough. You know, obviously with this situation, with old Shikari and her situation, I mean, like, but just base it on this, this generation that's coming up, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, or I might say this incorrectly, or if it offends anybody, I do apologize, but these young folks, that's all they do is talk about weed. I'm not saying that we didn't talk about weed when we might've been younger, you know what I'm saying? But we understood when there was time to smoke some weed, we understood when it was time not to smoke the weed. These jokers nowadays just smoke that shit and just don't give a damn. Wait, wait, before you before you continue, now let's <laughs> let me say that the reason why this happened was because she found out about the death of her mother. Come on, dude. I understand that, but okay. All right, all right. I, I mean, my sure. uncle passed away. My uncle passed away, and I was close to his ass, and I didn't decide just to pick up a damn blunt and say I'm gonna smoke the shit. I, I, <laughs> I want to make sure. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying that this is probably something that she does on the regular. I understand it might be legal in some states, I might it might. I'm not sure. I think she went to LSU for college. I'm not even. I'm not even sure of her age. I'm not sure if she's still in college, representing 
United, you know, representing USA while she's still in college or she's outside of college, whatever, but. I think she's 21, 21. So she's still in college. Okay. So it might be a scenario where the coaching staff at LSU track was like, yeah, I know y'all smoke weed, but we're going to be doing drug tests on this day. You need to do whatever you do this day and make sure that you don't get caught with weed in the system. You know, and it just might have been a major slip where she just went out there and was just smoking and was like, oh, shit, I forget we're going to get tested because this is the IOC versus me getting tested by the SEC. You know what I'm saying? And they have more stringent, stringent testing regiment than, say, the SEC when it comes to women's track. I mean, at this point, you're in the biggest stage representing your country. You gotta be a bit more. You got to be a little bit more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cognizant of of your situation and understanding the severity of your of your of uh, the consequences that may fall upon you if you were to get caught. I understand it's your mom. I get it. You know that's tough times, but you are damn near an Olympian. And you have to recognize that you're better off getting drunk <laughs> and sleeping it off and coming back the next day and then go run. But it's amazing how she can sit there and smoke weed and do all this shit and still be that damn fast. <laughs> so I will give her that. I give her props on that. But still, sometimes you just got to be like, sometimes you just got to know when to put the shit down. And these jokers at, at, at that age are smoking weed at such a high pace. Like they waking and baking and they smoking all damn day and they going to bed before smoking. Like they just don't know what to do. If they can't smoke, they don't know what to do. And that's just my take. I have no idea if that's how she goes about it. I'm not talking about her particularly. I'm just talking about that generation. So let me put that out there. Uh Yes, I'm gonna go in reverse. The um the swim cat. Um, now now I'm hearing that you know they're going to give it a a second look. Um, about whether or not they're going to ban those caps. Um, there's not that many people of color swimming in the Olympics traditionally. I'm not sure how many Swimmers. women of color are swimming in the Olympics this go around, I believe one, maybe two, but I think one. So I don't know why all of a sudden caps for black hair is all of a sudden a thing where caps for people of Caucasian persuasion with hair are not a thing or Asians with Asian hair are not a thing. So that one is a little bit disturbing. I don't know enough about that to really, you know, get into it, but I just, I'm finding it a little odd that all of a sudden, you know, you're doing this this year instead of four or five years ago, or even, you know, a couple more years ago, while all of a sudden now this is becoming a thing. Um, if it's going to be swim caps issue for women of color where they're here, then why isn't a swim caps issue for everybody across the board? Why is it they're here different? than anybody else's but i'm gonna leave it at that for right now until i you know kind of catch up on it and then because you know speak a little bit more about it but the other issue um i think you know for anybody that's lost a parent you know it, you know it's, it's really tough and people handle things and carry things differently um she chose to smoke weed and you know she did it the night before apparently or you know the day or two before the race 
like you said, like you said, Ace made her <laughs> still run fast as hell. Yeah, Commander. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she did come out the next day. I mean, on t- today's show, and you know, you know, I, I give her credit for you know owning up to it. You know, not running away from the story. You know, saying she did it. She admitted to doing it. She knew the risks involved. Um, and then a lot of people are saying, well, she shouldn't be out for weed and. You know, you're jumping down a black girl, you know, getting on a black woman, which I saw on some of the social medias, I was a little bit unsure about because it's not the American, it's, it's not the U.S. team's rule. It's the, it's the World Olympic Committee, you know, rules. America would love to have her on there, <laughs> but their hands are tied. There's nothing they can do about it. They don't, they can't supersede what the, you know, the Olympic Committee says, and the Olympic Committee says in the rule book, it was the rules the day of the race, it was the rules the day before the race, it was the rules the day a month before the race, two months before the race, a year before the race. They actually took it down from a three month suspension to a one month to a 30 day suspension. So the rules are the rules, and I agree with you, Ace. You, I wish there was somebody there that could have helped her handle this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the rules are the rules, and we just can't supersede it just because we want to see one athlete run that we believe is going to win. She might, she might get in there and get smoked by the, the chick from Jamaica, but still, um, the rules are the rules. And you can't, the way we allow young kids to just say, you admit to your problems, and then you can just go ahead, you know, your fallacy, and then no consequences. You can just go and run it. There has to be some consequences. You have to follow the rules. You just can't do whatever you want, say you're sorry, and then act like, you know, nothing happened. Right, right. Those are the rules. And, you know, it's unfortunate for I'm not jumping down on a black woman at all or women at all. It's men, women, black, white, Asian. I don't care what color you is. Mm-hmm. If the rule says you have an ounce of weed in your system, actually drink your test, then don't smoke. And guess what? If you're going to choose to do that before the race, either don't race at all because you know you're going to get tested after the fact or when it comes out and just saying, yeah, I knew it. I did it. What she just did. But for everyone to saying that, why are you coming down a black woman? This, this and that. We should reverse the rules. It's not the US Olympics team. The World Committee put those rules in mm-hmm. and they ain't changing that. And the fact that now that she's not even running in a four by 100 meter relay, this is the U.S. team trying to say they really want this to go away. Yep, and, and that's why they don't have her on the team. They want this to go away because there's still going to be talk in the Olympics, but if you don't have her running in the 100 meters, but have her running in a 4 by 100 meters and they win and she smokes you know, her heat, then you're going to have much more conversations and much more controversy. But you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we all have to follow the rules, whether you're 21, 41, 51, 61, no matter what. If you break the rules, there's consequences, young or old, you have you have to know what they are and abide by them. Um, I really don't have anything to say about that now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but real quick, the um, information about the swim um, thing. So the actual cap is called a soul cap. cap. Um, um, and it says that um, 
the cap was was created to make swimming caps for to fit over and protect dreadlocks, afros, weaves, hair stick chins, braids, and thick and curly hair. So they filed an application to the international governing body and got it rejected, and it was rejected. So that was the um, that's what started the whole thing about the um, swim caps. Um, real quick. Um, Shikari know what she did. She accepted responsibility for it. I mean, at this stage, I mean, ain't nothing else you could do about it. Um, the Olympic <laughs> Committee told her not, she can't, you know, she can't participate. It is what it is. Bottom line. Um, you can't argue about something that this is not a U.S. thing, like you said, smooth. This is the World Olympic Committee. So all the worlds have to be okay with it. And you best believe that they're not going to be, majority of those companies, I mean, countries are not going to be okay with allowing we to be smoked and utilized and still running the Olympics. That is not going to happen. So people can be up in arms about it, but at the end of the day, I mean, as long, I mean, it's rules of rules, like you said. Um, there's nothing you could do. You could argue to the U.S. all you want, but it doesn't matter because it's not, has nothing to do with the U.S., has everything to do with the world um, and all the other countries as a part of the Olympics. So you're not going to be able to argue against all the other countries out of the Olympics at this stage. So this is a mute point. And I think it was best for them to just move on. Um, Shakari Richardson will have another opportunity to do it. Uh, she has plenty of time to win the U.S., um, become more dominant than where she is and grow in this and learn from this. Um, but I do feel bad the fact that she did lose a parent because, you know, as one that has done that, I completely understand, you know, you don't know what a person goes through. But like you said, as rules is rules, you have to learn and, you know, accept the rules and accept the consequences. And truth be told, she accepted the consequences. Um, she's not arguing about it. So she knows she accepted it. She knows what she did was wrong. And it is what it is at this point. So let's move on. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, but man, I just I just look at it from a standpoint that it's very it's it's a very slim margin of people in this country who will ever be able to represent your your country in this capacity, and you just got to be you got to be big you got to be smarter than that. I understand, and and don't get me. I have no idea what it's like to lose a mom. I have no idea, none. I'm not even going to claim to sit there and say that, but I'm sure there's other coping mechanisms that you can go out there and, and, and utilize to jeopardize your status in that situation. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Um, only reason because, yeah, you're right. You know, you have the opportunity to represent the country, but when something like that happens, that can be thrown off. Like that won't become a, that won't be, that won't matter at that particular time. So you have to understand, I mean, granted, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that she may never get again. Yes. But when the situation like that comes where it's too much, um, where she's stressing over something like that, you don't know exactly like the, the, the Olympics, to be honest, comes secondary because now you have to grieve over someone that you love. So um, I will say this at this stage, I don't, I mean, whatever she's done at that point, she has to take ownership of it. And she did. And, she so, did. Yep, and, and for that, I'm not even going to knock that. Um, I think that this is just a lesson learned for her going forward. And maybe she'll mature of it going forward. But at that particular moment, you never know with anybody at that stage what they do or why they do it. 
So um, I will say this. At the end of the day, the Olympics, they can move on from this, focus on Tokyo right now with the team that they have and get the shot of winning, you know, winning the most medals. That's where their focus should be on right now. And also, can I just give a shout out to my cousin, Nicole Green, who is representing the United States in the uh, U.S. high jump. Uh, go Cuz, represent. I'll be watching just for you. Um, I'll make sure I tune in on those days to make sure that you know you got family out here represent you and following you, making sure that you do good. Boom. As a matter of fact, we should all just be, that should be the starting point from, from now on. So, and just show love and appreciation because it's rare that we have somebody that you know in the family um that we're that's representing the olympics in the olympics so good luck definitely agree definitely all gonna be rooting for you um, but that being said i know it's the time is far spent <laughs> so fellas let them know where they can find you at too hot to <laughs> What'd you say? It's too hot to be outside, so you ain't find me on second and main. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Cat Daddy one nine six three. That's Cat Daddy one nine six three on Twitter. Come on, man! It's never too hot on the block. You gotta be out there, whether it's dead in winter with the triple fat goose on, or whether you're out in the shorts and the, the tank top. <laughs> yeah, twenty years, about that ago, money. twenty years ago, maybe. <laughs> uh, you can find me at um, the gram, the gram, Snapchat, and Twitter, J.E. Ross, number seven. And you can find me making a, doing a remake of Hey Lover by LL Cool J. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And before I leave, I want to say a quick shout out. Happy birthday to my son. Um, who turned 11 today. So quick shout out to him and happy birthday to him. And thank you for everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support out there. Make sure you subscribe. Please subscribe to Guys Talking Sports. We're on YouTube. We're on the podcast. We're on every podcast right now. Just search Guys Talking Sports and we're there. Also on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we're there. So without any further ado, catch us next week. Guys Talking Sports. Um, You guys take care. Have a good one. God bless. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Well, don't wear a mask if you're vaccinated. But still, stay safe out there. We still stay safe out there, no matter what. Even if you're vaccinated, stay safe. Because you never know with people out there. People may be lying, talking about they're vaccinated and they're not vaccinated. The Delta variant is real. And it's going to be a lot more worse than what it's supposed to be. But I digress. Have a good week. Talk to y'all next time. My love.